Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When we, today in our culture, look at parables like this feeding of the 4,000 Gentiles or the feeding of the 5,000 Jews, it can be difficult for us to relate to, really. When was the last time you or I were really, really hungry? Days without food, hungry. When was the last time you followed someone around for three days and forgot to think of food? Possibly at one point you were a Grateful Dead groupie and followed the band a little mindlessly once or twice. Or you hunted and tracked what might have been a great trophy beast in the wild, only to be drawn deeper and deeper into the wilderness before realizing your food supply was getting woefully limited and your standing at the top of the food chain was at risk. During Holy Week, we have services Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, yes, that is coming to a church near you in the spring, and Sunday. We don't worry about you having to find something to eat. If we did, we might pack meals in sacks for you all to take home with you for the journey, but we have cars, trucks, and Uber, and interstates, and your journey back home is probably less than 50 minutes. It's not like when I was a kid and my Aunt Joan would always send us on our trip home with a stack of ham sandwiches and chips to put in the cooler. I made some ham sandwiches for the drive. You don't want to get hungry along the way and have nothing to eat. It sounds silly, but keep in mind this was the 70s, mid-70s, and it took six and a half or seven hours to get from St. Louis to Indy. Much of the road was two lanes of near-death experience, and there were still great swaths of earth not yet explored, settled and inhabited by the likes of the King of Burgers, the McClown, or Wendy from Ohio. In our text, there was also more than one kind of hunger involved. Those following Jesus had followed for three days into desolate places, a place without resources. Their minds were fixed on following Jesus, and they, like the disciples, did not fully understand why. He was a great teacher, spoke in ways and with authority they had not heard before, and he healed people. They hungered for what Jesus had, compassion and mercy. And when their need turned to food, he had mercy sufficient for that too. In the feeding of the 4,000, Jesus had compassion on them all. He fed them with seven loaves and a few small fish. He met their need out of this great compassion, not their own resources. Jesus, the great miracle worker, lived, taught, healed, fed, and moved on. Good story. Y'all can go home now because, well, you look like a bunch well-fed. And there's no bacon, eggs, country potatoes, pancakes in the fellowship hall, just a couple of few dozen donuts, one is missing, and some uh, <laughs> coffee, <laughs> but no. No, okay, there's more. At the end of chapter 7, the people were amazed after Jesus had healed a boy who could not hear and speak plainly. This is before the feeding of the 4,000. Jesus put his fingers in the boy's ears and after spitting, touched his tongue, 
Looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, Be opened. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. They were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. He has done all things well. It is the understatement of the century, really of all time as we know it. They had been following the incarnate God for three days, the disciples for longer, and they were worried about where to get food for 4,000 people. The disciples had already been at the feeding of the 5,000 and seen many more acts of mercy done by Jesus. Why worry about food? After all, he has done all things well. His most done well thing was still to come, and he would show his authority over far more than food and a hungry belly, even over deaf ears and mute tongues, even over sickness, even over cancer. He would show all authority over sin, death, and the devil through his suffering, death, and resurrection. Jesus would take away the sins of the world and put an end to death that comes with sin. He has done all things well. And there is something to hunger for. What they saw as they followed for three days was his authority over creation, authority to heal the sick and feed the hungry, among other miracles, What we need as sinners is his authority as God to take the wrath of the Father that is aimed at us and our sins. And that is what Jesus has actually done. This is what we should really hunger for, faith to believe and receive the forgiveness of sins that Christ has won for us. We should be starving for that word that gives and sustains faith in us. Honestly, we should be like people without food, banging on the church door day and night, crying, feed me, feed me God's word. Put in my ears and mouth that I might always believe and desire this wonderful food. But we are often content, content with other things, other food, if you will, that the devil puts between us and the word of God. You see, the devil runs a smorgasbord. For those of you too young to remember, There were often in times past establishments of gastric delight where you would eat for hours on unlimited amounts of food. Diabetes, obesity, and high cholesterol has pretty much guilted those establishments out of existence, sadly. But the devil's smorgasbord is one of seemingly fleshly delights and temptations meant to stifle our desire for God and his word. The devil wants us to believe that nothing is sin, Or at worst, sin is really no big deal between us and God. A little adultery never hurt anyone. I was just looking anyway. I'm not married, so it's not adultery, right? It's only adultery after I'm married. It's not theft. The company does not pay me well enough. They know it, and they expect a certain amount of internal loss. I've seen it on the books. Why can't I have what they have? I hate them for their success. How can I entice my competitors, employees, to, to walk away and work for me? I just want it. I don't care. The devil wants to keep us at the feeding trough of sin and its desires versus the banquet prepared by our true king. 
His deepest desire is to have us worship ourselves and our own pleasure. He wants us to hunt the wild beast until we do not care about food anymore. He wants us addicted to sin. Addicts don't care about food. I've seen it. Really, they don't care about anything except the thing they are bound up in, often until they are near death. In His compassion, God has given us His law so that we would see our sin and our depravity and the death that is in us. God wants us to see our sin, desire His forgiveness and life. Christ came into our desolate place with us to show mercy and take the punishment we deserve so we can approach a loving God and desire to be fed versus fearing an angry God. God the Father sent his Son to feed us with his word and with his body and blood. And God wants us to realize we are out there in a desolate place and to turn to him and follow him for the food he has that will give us and sustain us in eternal life on our journey. His word opens our ears so we can hear, have faith, and praise him with our mouths. In baptism, he gives us his name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, making us his own and heirs of his kingdom. Between now and eternal life, he wants to feed us with heavenly food to sustain us. He wants to give us sandwiches for our trip home, in Aunt Joan speak. The trip for most is far, far longer than a seven-hour road trip on a congested two-lane highway. It is a lifelong journey in the wilderness with a real devil prowling around looking to see who he might devour, where he lays traps and snares to tempt us, where we grow weary and faint as we journey home. But Jesus, he has done all things well, and he wants to give us all riches and benefits of what he has done because his gift removes all the power of the devil and sin to kill us. He is here with us in our journey to feed us and give us strength and eternal life now. The feeding of the 4,000, it pales in comparison to the feeding that takes place here every time we celebrate our Lord's Supper. He has promised that we receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins, to strengthen our faith into eternal life. Pray you always have the desire for this gift because he is done all things well. Amen.